We the Taliban have didn't attack us on 9-11. Al-Qaeda did. Al-Qaeda attacked us on 9-11. One of the standouts from Democratic Debate Night 1 was Tulsi Gabbard. Now, to be completely honest, I did not think Tulsi was doing all that well for at least the beginning of the debate. Her first answer was a non-answer. So she was asked about equal pay, and then she went into a whole spiel about foreign policy. Uh, it was kind of weird. <laughs> but after that, and when she was actually allowed some some uh, some screen time, she did have some solid answers. But the best exchange or the, the best performance that she had throughout this entire debate was her exchange with Tim Ryan. So there are two clips here I'm going to show you. Uh, and I think these sort of speak for themselves. But Here's the first clip. Uh, leaders as disparate as President Obama and President Trump have both said that they want to end U.S. involvement in Afghanistan, but it isn't over for America. Why isn't it over? Why can't presidents of very different parties and very different temperaments get us out of there? And how could you? I appreciate that question. So I've, I've been in Congress 17 years, and 12 of those years I've sat on the Armed Services Committee, either the Defense Appropriations Committee or the Armed Services Committee. And the lesson that I've learned over the years is that you have to stay engaged in these situations. Nobody likes it. It's long. It's tedious. But right now we have, so I would say we must be engaged in this. We must have our State Department engaged. We must have our military engaged to the, st to the extent they need to be. But the reality of it is this president doesn't even have people appointed in the State Department to deal with these things. Whether we're talking about Central America, whether we're talking about Iran, whether we're talking about Afghanistan, we've got to be completely engaged. And here's why. Because these flare-ups distract us from the real problems in the country. If we're if getting a drone shot down for $130 million because the president is distracted, that's $130 million that we could be spending in places like Youngstown, Ohio, or Flint, Michigan, or, re that, or rebuilding. Congresswoman or Gabbard, rebuilding. I'm going to give you 30 seconds, actually, to is jump off what he what said. He will, described is engagement that what as you the will tell the parents of those two soldiers who were just killed in Afghanistan? Well, we just have to be engaged. As a soldier, I will tell you, that answer is unacceptable. We have to bring our troops home from Afghanistan. We are in a place in Afghanistan where we have lost so many lives. We've spent so much money, money that's coming out of every one of our pockets, money that should be going into communities here at home, meeting the needs of the people here at home. We are no better off in Afghanistan today than we were when this war began. This is why it's so important to have a president and commander in chief who knows the cost of war and who's ready to do the job on day one. I am ready to do that job when I walk into the Oval Office. Thank you very much. All right. That was fantastic. And it actually gets better. So the second clip, in my opinion, uh, is even worse for Tim Ryan. But uh, Tim Ryan here, just parroting the standard status quo foreign policy answer. I mean... The, he said, the, the lesson that I've learned over the years from being on these, these various co committees is to stay engaged. Yeah, of course they're telling you that because that's in their best interest. That's in the best interest of the military-industrial complex. You didn't realize that maybe you're being influenced by one view on foreign policy when you've been on these committees. I mean, this it shows you really how... Actually, the next answer... The next clip in particular shows you how unaware Tim Ryan is. Um, but Tulsi, so Tulsi cutting in there, this is what she needed to do more of. So 
like the first hour of the debate, uh, it was, she didn't get a lot of screen time, but a lot of it was because she was not cutting in like a lot of the other candidates were. So if she uh, did more of this, if, if Tulsi went after other candidates like this on their answers more often, she would have gotten more screen time. Um, but she did it here and it went very well. Now, let me get to the second clip because damn. And there's also fallout from this second clip. So let me just get to it. This is uh, the continuation of, uh, of what you just saw. I'm going to go down the line. I'm going to go down the line here. Well, you know what? You felt you felt like she was responding. You get 30 seconds. Go. Fair enough. I appreciate that. I hear what you're saying. I would just say I don't want to be. I don't want to be engaged. I wish we were spending all this money in places that I've represented that have been completely forgotten and we were rebuilding. But the reality of it is, if the United States isn't engaged, the Taliban will grow and they will have bigger bolder terrorist acts. We have got to have some present there. As, the as, the as Taliban was Iraq. there long before we came in. They'll yeah, be and they there were, long yeah, before exactly. we leave. Well, we cannot they keep U.S. And troops they were deployed to Afghanistan thinking that we're going to somehow squash this Taliban that has been say, there that every other country that's them. tried I didn't say squash them. When we weren't in there, they started flying planes into our buildings. So I'm just saying right now, the we Taliban have The didn't attack us on 9-11. Al-Qaeda did. Well, I understand. Al-Qaeda I understand. That's why I and so I many other people joined the military to go I after Al Qaeda, not the Taliban. Well, Tim, you should have shut your damn mouth because that did not go well for you at all. Tulsi Gabbard just, I mean, not to be hyperbolic here, but completely destroyed Tim Ryan. Now, because of that, the Tim Ryan Twitter account, of course, had to extend the embarrassment and put out this tweet statement from Ryan campaign on Afghanistan. <laughs> the Ryan campaign releases the following statement regarding Afghanistan. While making a point as to why America can't cede its international leadership and retreat from around the world, Tim was interrupted by Representative Tulsi Gabbard. When he tried to answer her, she contorted a factual point Tim was making. Okay, I'm going to link to the full tweet below. Um, he gets into some uh, foreign policy issues that, look, honestly, if I showed the whole tweet on screen, very likely YouTube would delist my video and less people would see it, which is why I'm not showing the full tweet. But um, I'll link to the full tweet below. He, he goes on to say as well that uh, he refuses to be lectured by Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, like, it is an embarrassing tweet. The, their campaign should have just taken the loss and moved on. But no, they had to put out this embarrassing defense and it just made the whole thing worse. And that tweet, by the way, of course, got ratioed. <laughs> so tons of replies uh, making fun of Tim Ryan and barely any retweets and likes. Um, now, how do I know that Tulsi performed well here? Google Trends put out a tweet showcasing the uh, searches, the most searched candidates before and after the debate. So before the debate, the most searched candidate was Elizabeth Warren. But then you look after the debate, Tulsi Gabbard <laughs> taking over the United States. So Tulsi Gabbard, the by far the most searched Democratic candidate on that stage. Now, I think that moment was a big reason. So as I said, the beginning of the debate, she was largely uh, kind of flat, I think. But that moment in the last hour of the debate propelled her. And she did a great job there and really showcased her willingness to 
uh, attack other candidates on their incorrect positions on foreign policy. So this is what I like to see. It's a guess. It's, it's a wild guess, Donnie. It's not. It's a, it's understanding human behavior, and no, I guarantee you, ninety percent. No, no, no. So, following the debate night one, obviously MSNBC had their analysis, and part of the analysis, I mean, I could probably do hours on how it's terrible. A lot of their comments were. I mean, there was one moment. Uh, I'm not sure if I could find the clip, but uh, Nicole Wallace said that uh, Amy Klobuchar was folksy and came off really well. As I said on Twitter, these people live in a different world. Amy Klobuchar was completely forgettable, offered nothing of substance. Uh, the idea that she was folksy and came off well. Uh, okay, let's just see how this race plays out. Because I'm going to bet she doesn't do very well. But apart from that, one of the most amazing moments that I saw on MSNBC was when <laughs> Donnie Deutsch... Who, who uh, before I even get to the clip here, just so you all know who Donnie Deutsch is, he has an MSNBC show that has been a total failure. So this from Mediaite, Donnie Deutsch's new MSNBC show off to sluggish start, ratings down more than 15% from launch. Who knew that a trust fund baby ad executive who said he'd vote for Trump over Sanders would have a horrible politics show? I mean, it's amazing to keep giving these people with no talent shows but donnie deutsch who has a show on msnbc he um attacked elizabeth warren after the debate saying that there's no way she can beat donald trump and uh lawrence trounced him my issue unfortunately and do not shoot the messenger is the messenger i do not believe elizabeth warren on stage with donald trump beats him and i think if we're honest with ourselves and we look harder ourselves i think a lot of people agree with me um, it's, and I also think when you can label somebody a socialist, 57% of this country thinks that word is un-American. I'm not saying it's fair. When he can blanket Elizabeth Warren as a socialist and he's on stage with her, the Democrats lose. I think she's delightful. I think she's wonderful. I, I, I'm a big fan. I just don't think she has what it takes to beat this president the same way at least an idealized version of Joe Biden is. I'm just, don't shoot the messenger. It's just facts. We got to get Trump out. Donnie, you're in, you're in a safe space here. No, you, you don't have to keep telling us that. Well, let's, let's just, but can uh, I just follow up on that, though, Donnie? Yeah. Who, 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 who could beat Trump? And did you see anyone on that stage tonight that could beat Trump? Um, I'm still sticking with an idealized version of, of <laughs> no, of Joe, the Joe Biden we want, okay? If Joe Biden we want, and then you pair him with the right candidate, yes. Um, I still, in my heart of hearts, don't see anybody on that stage tonight that would beat Trump. Let's just uh, identify this for what it is. And then we have that Pure saying. guesswork a year and a half away mm -hmm. from Absolutely. the guess point. Absolutely. Uh, and so it has, and Donnie, I say this respectfully, zero value. As I disagree with you. Know what? I disagree with that, Lawrence. Statement, it's understanding statement human made behavior. By me in a similar don't tell way me it has zero value. zero value. Don't tell me it has zero value. It's it understanding human behavior. It's a guess. It's, it's a wild guess, Donnie. It's, not, it's, a, it's understanding human behavior. And no, I guarantee a, you, 90% no, no, no. of our it's audience It's a wild guess. There's no science in it. There's nothing There's in no it. There's no science in any of this. And no one can make it. You can put any name you want in the wild wild guess that you just made, and it doesn't make it I true. I'm understanding what Donald Trump, the way he connects with this country and the strength he exudes. We need to exude a stronger strength. It's this not is, a This is the discussion. pure guesswork section of the discussion. This is a guy who's done this for 30 years and watched human behavior. Okay. If Donnie Deutsch truly understands human behavior, then why is nobody watching his cable news show? 
why doesn't he know how to appeal to people? I mean, he understands human behavior. Why aren't, why doesn't he have huge ratings? Why isn't he getting so much attention? Because he has a fantastic show. It's because his show sucks and he doesn't understand human behavior and nobody likes him. That's why <laughs> Tony Deutsch is a moron. Now, something here that stood out to me is he said, don't shoot the messenger. He kept saying, don't shoot the messenger as if somebody else is telling him this. So who's giving him that message? I mean, if he's saying, don't shoot the messenger, oh, I'm just delivering you know, the facts from above. Well, who's telling you to go after Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders? Who's telling you to attack socialists? So understand here, as I'm going to get to in a moment, Donnie Deutsch has a financial reason to go after Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. Um, but this idea of, you know, oh, Trump's going to call Warren a socialist or Bernie a socialist. That's going to ruin them. There's no way they're going to win. Republicans have been calling Democrats socialists for like 60 years, 70 years, 80 years. <laughs> it hasn't changed. Obama was called a socialist. He won. So what exactly, I mean, how is that an argument? It makes absolutely no sense. The way you actually win as a Democrat is you have to excite new people out to vote. You have to excite non-voters and independents out to vote for you. That's how you win. And if you look back in 2016 and look back now, or look now, the the people that or Bernie Sanders, with his message, got a lot of non-voters off the couch and got a lot of independents to support him. That was the huge difference between Hillary supporters and uh, and Bernie supporters. Bernie supporters were a lot of people that have were disengaged from politics, but got re-excited because Bernie had bold new ideas and was actually focused on the 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 uh, lower and middle class, whereas Hillary had the message of the status quo. Much like Joe Biden is the status quo. Joe Biden is Hillary 2.0. The idea that Joe Biden would perform better than Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders is fantasy. It's based in nothing. As Lauren said, it's pure guesswork, has zero value. Donnie Deutsch doesn't know anything. Now, why is Donnie Deutsch so afraid of Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders? Here's why. I've talked about this in a previous video. But it's worth reminding you again, in case you didn't see those previous videos. Back in 2011, Donnie Deutsch's penthouse was on the market for $33 million. Yes, Donnie Deutsch has a lot of money. In fact, his net worth is over $200 million. But you may ask yourself, but I'm sure Donnie Deutsch is self-made. I'm sure he earned it all himself, started from the bottom, now he's here. Yeah, no. Donnie Deutsch joined his father's advertising firm, David Deutsch Associates, in 1983. In 1989, David Deutsch handed full control of the agency to Donnie, who became chairman. Deutsch renamed the agency Deutsch Inc. and later sold it for uh, $265 million. Donnie Deutsch was born into wealth, inherited his business. Donnie Deutsch has no idea what life is like for the average person, does not understand human behavior, which is why nobody likes him, nobody likes or watches his show. He is completely out to lunch on all of these issues. He has no idea what the American people are feeling. And honestly, even if he does, he doesn't care. And he's put on television to lie, to be the messenger to attack Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. Donnie Deutsch is simply Donnie Douche. And it's going to take all of us coming together to make sure that it does. Necesitamos incluir 
cada persona. Following debate night one, it's pretty clear that Beto O'Rourke had the worst night. And it started right from the jump. So one of the first questions that were directed at anybody was directed at uh, Beto O'Rourke, asking him if he would support a 70% marginal tax rate on the wealthiest. Here's his response. This economy has got to work for everyone. And right now we know that it isn't. And it's going to take all of us coming together to make sure that it does. Necesitamos incluir cada persona en el éxito de esta economía. Pero si queremos hacer eso, necesitamos incluir cada persona en nuestra democracia. Uh, cada, votar, ca cada votante necesitamos la representación y cada voz necesitamos escuchar. Right now, we have a system that favors those who can pay for access and outcomes. That's how you explain an economy that is rigged to corporations and to the very wealthiest. A $2 trillion tax cut that favored corporations while they were sitting on record piles of cash and the very wealthiest in this country at a time of historic wealth inequality. A new democracy that is revived because we return power to the people. No pacts, no gerrymandering, automatic and same-day voter registration to bring in more voters, and a new Voting Rights Act to get rid of the barriers that are in place now. That's how we each have a voice in our democracy and make this economy work for everybody. That, that's time, sir. I'll give you 10 seconds to answer if you want to answer the direct question, would you support a 70% individual marginal tax rate? Yes, no, or pass. I would support a, a tax rate and a tax code that is fair to everyone. Tax capital 70%. at the same rate that you, you tax ordinary income. Take that corporate tax rate up to 28%. You would generate okay. the revenues That's you time. need to pay for the programs we're talking about. That's time. Thank you. Oh, my God. That was the worst answer of the night. Clearly... Did not answer the question. Completely avoided it. Started speaking Spanish out of nowhere. I mean, like, the, the look on Cory Booker's face when Beto O'Rourke started to speak Spanish, that is all of us. Now, to be super fair, it's possible Booker had that look on his face because he knew that he was going to speak Spanish, as he did later on in the debate. But at least it, it, when Booker spoke it, it made more sense on the issue he was he was discussing. Um, here, it just kind of came out of nowhere and seem like a way to distract from answering the actual question. So the, like, everything Beto said there was just completely empty. He, he wasn't saying anything. He would not directly answer the question whatsoever. The closest he got was saying he would raise the corporate tax rate to 28%, which is not at all where it should be a lot higher than 28%. So, the, the I mean, he completely pivoted to... Uh, what the Republicans did, like we all understand the Republican Party is bought and paid for by the wealthy and large corporations. We all get that. We also understand that a large chunk of the Democratic Party is as well, as you see from this answer. So th this is like, okay, it's one thing if Beto O'Rourke had some actual policies and maybe he just gave a bad answer and he could have, maybe his performance was was off. But no, Beto's an empty shell. He's an empty shell for special interests. Now, he'll say he doesn't take, you know, corporate PAC money, but he has private fundraisers with special interests, like most of the candidates on that stage do. So knowing that alone, it, it helps you understand why he's being so, uh, why he's avoiding answering the actual question, because he knows if he supports that, if he supports a 70% top marginal tax rate, that he may lose some of his big private donors. I mean, that's the bottom line here. So 
Beto O'Rourke, and he had other moments as well. There, there's a moment, I'll play a short clip now, of um, when Julian Castro uh, told him to do his homework on the issue of immigration. I think that you should do your homework on this issue. If you did your homework on this issue, you would know that we should repeal this section. I mean, that was another standout moment. <laughs> Just Beto is so. In addition to Tim Ryan being utterly destroyed by Tulsi Gabbard in this debate, Beto O'Rourke was also completely destroyed. He should drop out. Him and Tim Ryan should immediately get out of the race. There is no reason for either of them to be here. They offer really nothing, especially compared to other candidates in the race that also offer similar ideas or lack thereof of what these same candidates are offering. So I think out of everybody, this was probably uh, uh, Beto's worst night. Um, though, I mean, there's strong competition there. Some other people also sort of had some some empty or forgettable answers. Amy Klobuchar, I forgot she was even there. Uh, so a lot of these candidates really didn't perform well. But Beto clearly out of anybody here, I thought had absolutely the worst performance. So yes, I'm with Bernie on Medicare for All, and let me tell you why. All right, so coming out of debate night one, who are the winners and losers? So first, let's take a look at the uh, candidates here. So this is how they were situated on stage. So you got Bill de Blasio, Tim Ryan, Julian Castro, Cory Booker, Elizabeth Warren, Beto O'Rourke, Amy Klobuchar, Tulsi Gabbard, Jay Inslee, and John Delaney. Now, the way that I am judging this, the winners and losers, is did this debate help or hurt their campaign? And that means how will the general public, how do I think the general public will take their performances? So it's easy for me to say, well, I like this person, so they're going to do so they did well here. Um, or I like this person's policy, so they did well. But let's forget all that. Let's just look at their performances and figure out who this helps and uh, who this hurt. So... When it comes to uh, the losers, it's pretty easy, at least to pick out the top two biggest losers. So I think the obvious biggest loser for me here was Beto O'Rourke. Beto O'Rourke was situated right beside Elizabeth Warren. He got a lot of attention. He had the opportunity to hit it out of the park, to really lay out some solid, direct answers, give people some real substance, and he failed to do any of that. I mean, on the very first question that he got about the 70% tax rate, does he support a 70% marginal tax rate on the wealthiest? He was asked that question twice and was not able to directly answer it. I did a separate video on that. You can see uh, he instead decided to speak Spanish. <laughs> so it was it was embarrassing. I mean, it was a moment where I, I, I <laughs> my mouth was uh, was wide open. I really could not believe how he was, the, the the lengths that he was going to avoid answering that question. And that's how he was throughout the entire debate. He was not answering questions directly. Again, Beto O'Rourke doesn't have a lot of substance. He's very flowery in his language and talks about, oh, how we need to come together and do this and do that. It's, it's just, it's so fake. I mean, maybe it would have worked in the early 2000s. It's not going to work anymore. He should have run for Senate. I don't know why the hell he's on this stage. So Beto O'Rourke, big loser. John Delaney, another big loser. He was whining the whole time, whining about wanting more airtime. Look, a lot of people on the stage were not given a lot of airtime. It was sort of dictated by the polling. 
so actually even that's not true so elizabeth warren i think uh, i have to look at, at the the list again but i believe she was number three in terms of the amount of time that she got to speak i think cory booker actually got the most time but look to complain and complain and complain about not getting airtime and then when he did get airtime when john delaney did get the airtime not deliver anything interesting and just be completely flat and boring john delaney i think is another loser from this debate uh another loser here that i don't take any joy in saying this because i think he has some solid positions but jay insulee jay insulee had the least amount of time uh airtime or facetime and he needed to to fight more and he didn't fight enough because he's low in the polls because a lot of people don't know him he needed to show some real fight he needed to show some some more substance and he had a bit of it but I don't think it was enough to really carry him through and help grow his campaign. So I think he was also a loser in this debate. And uh, lastly, in the big losers, Tim Ryan. So Tim Ryan's night actually wasn't terrible until the second hour, especially on the issue of uh, Afghanistan, where Tulsi Gabbard came out and just clobbered him. So I have a video, a separate video going into that. I think that moment, and not even just that moment, but the fact that Tim Ryan continued that fight after the debate, so because he realized he got destroyed by Tulsi Gabbard, he put out on Twitter after the debate, or his campaign manager did, um, a statement talking about how, oh, actually, Tim Ryan was correct, and Tulsi Gabbard, uh, I, I refuse to be lectured by Tulsi Gabbard for blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's absurd. Just take the loss, guy. I mean, but look, Tim Ryan, I guess he had to do that. I don't know. He could have been quiet, but I just don't. He's forgettable. I don't think people are really going to latch on to uh, to Tim Ryan. And he did exactly what I predicted he would do. Talk about how he's from Ohio, kind of position himself as the alternative to, to Joe Biden. It's I don't think it's going to work for him. So we're going to see. But I don't think he's really going to uh, grow from here. Um, now I sort of have like this middle group of people because I don't really know where to place them because I don't think they really hurt their campaign, but I also don't think they really gained from this debate. And that's, well, first of all, Amy Klobuchar. So Amy Klobuchar, if this was me making the list here and just what my opinion is, I would say she's a huge loser. She was completely boring. I don't think she offered anything, but some people... I think maybe thought she was okay, or she at least, she maintained her current campaign. So, I mean, I was watching MSNBC after the debate, and Nicole Wallace on MSNBC thought Amy Klobuchar was fantastic. She thought Amy Klobuchar was folksy and came off great. I don't know what the hell she's talking about. <laughs> but with that said, if there are more Nicole Wallaces out there, and there are... You know, some rich suburban moms out there that may like Amy Klobuchar. So I think she'll maintain what she has, but I don't think she's going to grow from this debate. Uh, another person who I think will maintain their status is Cory Booker. So Cory Booker had a lot of screen time. Uh, his answers were solid. Uh, I don't think he goes far enough, but he... Cory Booker, I think, at least knows who he is, or at the very least is able to fake, <laughs> fake who he is. So, I mean, there was one moment where he talked about uh, how we have to uh, reel in the, the private insurance companies. 
This is the guy that voted against importing uh, generic drugs from Canada. So it's kind of weird when he was just working, uh, essentially uh, voting on policy in favor of private uh, pharmaceutical companies that he's now talking about fighting back against them. So, but I mean, that's Cory Booker. <laughs> so if you know who Cory Booker is, that's who he is. I, I don't think he's somebody that you should support. I don't think he's someone you can really trust. But I did think he maintained who he is on that stage and uh, was able to at least not crash and burn uh, in, in the process. Now, the winners of this debate. So uh, the lowest on this list, but I still think counts as a winner, is Julian Castro. So Julian Castro, I thought, did a fairly good job. Uh, I think this actually will, his performance here will grow his campaign. I thought he had the best answers when it came to immigration. He challenged Beto O'Rourke on immigration and challenged him hard. I mean, he really went after him. So uh, I think Julian Castro, in showing that fight and showing his uh, depth of knowledge on the issue of immigration and uh, look, on some other issues as well, he, he he gave solid answers. So again, this is not somebody that I would support, but I can see because of his performance here, I can see Julian Castro potentially benefiting from this debate. Uh, next up in the winners, Tulsi Gabbard. So this one for me was a bit of a mix until I saw uh, the results from the debate. So I thought she started off slow. Her first answer when she was asked about uh, equal pay and she went into a discussion about foreign policy, it was really odd. <laughs> but then in that last hour and a few other answers, she was able to really save her performance. And when she went after uh, Tim Ryan and just completely destroyed him on the issue of, uh, of uh, Afghanistan and foreign policy, that helped to uh, raise her profile in that moment. And if you look at uh, Google Trends, so Google Trends tweeted out afterwards the most searched candidates before and after the debate. Tulsi Gabbard was the most searched candidate in the vast majority of the country after the debate. So based on those kinds of metrics, and there are also some, you know, some informal polls out there showing that Tulsi Gabbard was the winner of the debate. So based on those kinds of metrics, I think she is a winner and will gain from this debate. Next winner, Elizabeth Warren. Now, for Warren, I have a clip here because there is a moment in this debate that honestly surprised me. Many people watching at home have health insurance coverage through their employer. Who here would abolish their private health insurance in favor of a government-run plan? Just a show of hands, start off with. All right, well. So yes, I'm with Bernie on Medicare for All, and let me tell you why. I spent a big chunk of my life studying why families go broke. And one of the number one reasons is the cost of health care, medical bills. And that's not just for people who don't have insurance. It's for people who have insurance. Look at the business model of an insurance company. It's to bring in as many dollars as they can in premiums and to pay out as few dollars as possible for your health care. That leaves families with rising premiums, rising co-pays, and fighting with insurance companies to try to get the health care that their doctors say that they and their children need. Medicare for All solves that problem. And I understand there are a lot of politicians who say, oh, it's just not possible, we just can't do it, it's have a lot of political reasons for this. What they're really telling you is they just won't fight for it. Well, health care is a basic human right, and I will fight for basic human rights. There you go. 
I thought that was maybe the best answer of the entire night. She surprised me with her clear and, and just solid support for Medicare for all. So she's been wavering on the issue of health care. She's talked about, you know, the goal being Medicare for all, but then there could be many ways to get there and talk about all these other different plans and maybe a public option and maybe this, maybe that. But here she committed herself. She committed herself to Medicare for all and said the words, I'm with Bernie on this. I mean, you can't ask for a better answer. So I thought that was incredible. I think uh, her uh, her entire performance here was was solid. She dodged some bullets in terms of not having to discuss foreign policy. I don't think she was even asked about climate change, oddly enough. I mean, the whole climate change discussion was barely a topic at all. Uh, but just, you know, based on Warren's performance, I think she will absolutely uh, continue her growth in the polls uh, because of this debate. The last and certainly not least of the winners and maybe for me the biggest surprise in terms of a candidate on stage, Bill de Blasio. So Bill de Blasio, uh, New York City mayor, Look, a lot of us know he's progressive, but he's also been weird on some positions, at least when it came to, uh, when it came to um, uh, Amazon, uh, potentially moving their headquarters to, to New York City and him supporting Amazon in that. Meanwhile, you had AOC, uh, Bernie, and others on the other side of that issue. So de Blasio, I don't necessarily think he's committed to these positions, but if you're looking at this based on a performance... Bill de Blasio, I think, did an incredible job. Here uh, are some highlights. But let me tell you, what we're hearing here already in the first round of questions is that battle for the heart and soul of our party. I want to make it clear. This is supposed to be the party of working people. Yes, we're supposed to be for a 70% tax rate on the wealthy. Yes, we're supposed to be for free college, free public college for our young people. We are supposed to break up big corporations when they're not serving our democracy. This Democratic Party has to be strong and bold and progressive. Just to be very clear, I'll give you 10 seconds. Would you replace private insurance? No, I, I think the choice is is fundamental hey, wait, to wait, our Congress ability to get everybody yeah, care for. Private insurance is not working for tens of millions of Americans. When you talk about the co-pays, the deductibles, the premiums, the out-of-pocket expenses, it's not working. <coughs> the way that American citizens have been told that immigrants somehow created their misery and their pain and their challenges. For all the American citizens out there who feel you're falling behind, who feel the American dream's not working for you, the immigrants didn't do that to you. The big corporations did that to you. The 1% did that to you. What about the War Powers Act being a part of that equation with deep respect to the congressman? Look, we've learned of painful lessons as Americans that we've gone to war without congressional authorization. And look, this is very personal for me. I know the cost of war. My dad served in the Pacific in World War II in the U.S. Army. Battle of Okinawa had half his leg blown off, and he came home with scars, both physical and emotional, and he did not recover. He spiraled downward, and he ultimately took his own life. And that battle didn't kill him, but that war did. Well, Democrats and Republicans, both in the Congress, have not challenged presidents and have let them get away with running the military without the congressional approval. We learned a lesson in Vietnam we seem to have forgotten. And the decisions have to be made by the United States Congress. So Bill de Blasio was fantastic. I mean, he drew the line when it came to talking about what Democrats should be standing for, how they should be standing up for working people, how they should support a $15 minimum wage, how they should support Medicare for all. 
And then he pulled that story out of his pocket about his dad. I didn't even know about that. I mean, that was a that was a moment where I actually felt something. <laughs> Usually when these candidates pull out stories like this, it's just like you roll your eyes and okay, like, oh, of course, you're just trying to, you know, appeal to people. But this that moment seemed genuine to me. Uh, all of it seemed genuine to me, except for his stupid answer. This would have been a perfect performance if he didn't say that the biggest threat to the United States is Russia. I mean, are you serious, dude? There are other candidates on stage that I would expect that out of. I didn't expect that out of Bill de Blasio. It was almost like a wink and a nod to the MSNBC audience because there is no other reason to say Russia to that answer. The answer really is climate change. I mean, that's the answer. Um, but otherwise, solid job from Bill de Blasio. And uh, I think that, I mean, above and beyond, I think that the two biggest winners out of this night was Elizabeth Warren and uh, and Bill de Blasio. And uh, as I said, Tulsi Gabbard, the only reason I don't put her in that top two is because I thought she was flat, uh, at least for the first hour until she kind of picked up a bit. Um, but this overall, this was a great night. Uh, there was a lo- I got a lot more out of this debate than I expected. Um, it was more of a debate than I expected it to be because of the short answers, because of the 30 second responses, because of those rules. I didn't think we would get too much substance out of this debate, but I was wrong. So now I'm looking forward to uh, night two.